Amen. Good morning, willing daughters of the King. Um, I am Desiree, and it is a pleasure to be back before you this morning to bring forth the word of the Lord. I thank the woman of God who prayed in this morning for the prayer and for the hostess for um, for bringing us in to, to this moment with the Lord. Before I begin, I will say quick prayer. I'd like to thank you for this time, for this moment with you, Lord. I pray, God, that you will enter in, Lord, and just, just have your way, Lord God, for I am your vessel, Lord, and we are your willing vessels, Lord, and we seek to hear from you, God, and to receive from your heart, Lord, what it is that you desire for us to receive and to learn and to take in in this season, Lord. And right now, I repent for every sin of omission and commission in any way that I may have trespass or trespass against you, Lord God. I ask that you forgive me and that you will continue to wash over me, Lord God, increase in me that I may decrease, Lord, and have your way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, I just want to give honor to God um, for, you know, even choosing me to bring forth the word. And I also give honor to Apostle Steve Hall for listening to the unction of the Holy Spirit when he spoke to her about me bringing forth the word and for just continuing to be consistent and keeping the line open and and allowing the Lord to use each of us vessels individually. So I give honor to to God for for that for um speaking to her. So my topic for tonight is is freedom. And when I think of freedom I automatically um, think of slavery, think of bondage, and you know I know it's it's it's, it's Black History Month, and you know it's a a month where we we, we celebrate you know liberation, we celebrate um, freedom, we celebrate overcoming, and 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 being able to. Receive the things that we desire, or you know, people who were, you know, in slavery, in bondage, you know, people of color who were, you know, looking to to have their rights and looking to be equal. You know, that's what I think of. You know, when I I, I think of freedom, like that's the very first thing that comes to my mind. But I also think about, you know, just for myself, like. Being a woman of color and you know, being raised in America, you know, slavery is something that we're taught. We learned it in school. Some of us may learn it from our, our family. So when I would think of it, I would think of, what yes, what I was taught, but I would also think about myself and in in what ways was, was I bound up, in what ways was, was, I, was I not free. You know what could I have um, been a slave to? And then to think of it, you know, 
you know, freedom is a, a great thing to have and to obtain because so many people have died trying to acquire it. You know, freedom is is wealth. And once you receive it, you want to do everything in your power to keep it. You don't you don't want to lose to lose it. So and I thought like, you know, what does God say about freedom in his word? They gave me two scriptures. He gave me Galatians five and one. Galatians chapter five verse one. And it says, it is freedom, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I read it again. And this is the NIV version, I apologize. And it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And that's Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. And he also gave me Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. And this is NIV version as well. That is Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. And it says, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I'll read it again. It says, now where now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So, you know, when the, when the Lord gave me those, those scriptures, and I begin to just just think about do do I experience what the Lord you know what the Lord says about being free or or getting free? Have I experienced that? And um, one of the first things that came to mind when I was studying was that point one: to in order to be free, we have to first get free in our minds. And often when I pray, I ask for the mind of Christ. But, I mean, what is the mind of Christ? Uh, what was on Christ's mind? He said a lot that his main intention, what was on his heart and his mind was to do the work of his Father, was to do the will of the Lord and to stay committed to God's will. So that's what was on his mind. And when we say, oh, you know, I want the mind of Christ, that doesn't myself like, I, do I, I ask for the mind of Christ, but 
do I always ask for things or do I find myself asking for things that I cannot commit to? And it's a struggle because often the things that, you know, we need to get free from are are things that are hidden from us and they're hidden from us in plain sight. And we want so badly to be committed to the Lord and to just do the Lord's will, but we do have um, certain things that are in us, certain things that are attached to our flesh that keep us from from going forward. And it's those things that we do that come so natural to us that we, we don't even think it's a hindrance, but it is. And it's, it's, a, it's a setback because it's, those are the things that, you know, will become our testimony. Those are the very things that the Lord is, is, is going to have us to, to talk about. Like, you know, the people that he's going to send us to, the people that he wants us to, you know, pray for, to deliver, to, to set free, you know, you know, by the Holy Spirit. Those people are people that we're going to have to minister to and more than likely have dealt with or are trying to come out of the very things that we're trying to come out of, but we have to first get free to even be able to do that. You know, we don't want to go and go into different territories, territories, and and leave ourselves open when you know the Lord is is calling us to to get free. And most of us, you know, we'll say, you know, and talk like, oh, the Lord, He chose me as the one, you know, to 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 carry my family or to, you know, to to surrender my life to him, to be the conduit so that he can use me to break chains or to break bounds or the the things that are on my bloodline for for our family. So we have to be open to what the Lord is is trying to do in us and that is to deliver us. So that what what happens when the Lord is trying to do the work, but we take on the work ourselves. Like the work becomes more important than what what God is saying. And for me, I know that was something that I personally had to be delivered from when it came to staying committed and 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 staying focused and doing the will of the Lord because I believe that it was important to, you know, focus on my family and um, what was going on with my family, things that I needed to do, you know, uh, you know, making sure I make time for them, making sure I have time and space to, to do things um, for my husband, for my children, for, for different people in my family, not realizing that I was doing so much. I was consuming myself so much with with family, my family, thinking, you know, I'm I'm building this kingdom family, you know, I want people to see me and look at my family and know that we're we're this godly family, that we're we're this kingdom family, but in all of that, you know, God wasn't at the head of my family. Yeah, we were yeah, we were going to church, we were serving, we were doing a lot of things, but we weren't putting God at the head. He wasn't what was most important, so our minds and our hearts really weren't set on the things of God. Like we, our minds weren't set and focused on what Christ 
what want or what what God desired for us to do. Like we we were busy um, doing the work, and as the Lord was uh, ministering to me and speaking to me, I just kept thinking on it. Like wow, like yes, I prayed, yes, I fasted, but I wasn't doing as much then as I'm doing now, and I can see the difference. I can I can feel the difference. I can feel you know the the weight shedding off of me, and the the Lord doing the work because I have surrendered um, my my will to Him and truly have you know trusted the Lord to do the work that He said He was going to do because I do want to get free and I want to be able to 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 stay free. So in the midst of that, the Lord had brought me to um, Ezekiel, because I was reading Ezekiel, he been having me in Ezekiel a lot. He took me to Ezekiel chapter 23, verse 30, and it says, this... Mm, And when I was reading, when I was reading it, the Lord um, was telling me, he was like, you know, I have been, I have been so busy working. I've been so busy working, thinking, oh, you know, faith without work, faith. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. But I was trying to do my own work. I was trying to do what I thought was pleasing to the Lord, and I wasn't even considering to ask God um, what it what it was to do. So um, I'm sorry, it wasn't Ezekiel 23. It was Ezekiel 22. But in that, he, he took me to Ezekiel 22 and 30, and it said. I look for someone among them who will build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one. I read it again, Ezekiel 22 and 30. I look for someone among them who will build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one. And when I was reading, I was like, wow, like how many times have the Lord asked me to stand in the gap or asked me to, you know, be on my post, not for the sake of me, but for the the sake of the kingdom. Like how many times has the Lord asked me to sacrifice time for him and I wasn't on my post? How many times has the Lord asked me to do a work and my mind was, was somewhere else. Like, everything was falling apart around me, but my mind wasn't on God. And he was speaking to me so clearly during that time about order. And now I'm in a season where the Lord is bringing order. And it, it looks like trouble, but I understand that God is fixing things that have been broken. So... He has had to change my mind 
But in order for me to truly get free and to change my mindset, to put God back at the forefront and say, okay, hey, in order for me to have the mind of Christ, in order for me to walk as he walked, I must put him at the forefront because he's the perfect example. He's the one that's going to lead. He's the one that's already, you know, walked out the path before me. So if I put him first, then everything else will line up because now my mind is on um, the, the things of God. My mind, I do have the mind of Christ. So now my, my mind is, is free. My mind is on um, the will of God. So as I said, in order for me to even get free completely in my mind, I know I, I, I must surrender. I must surrender in order to get free. And that was the second thing that um, the Lord has brought to me. And my understanding is to surrender is to be broken. And in order to truly be broken, we must trust the Lord. So when we come into salvation, we give our whole lives to him. And in doing that, we do give up our control. And well that's that's the idea that, you know, when we when we give our, our lives to Christ, we're giving our whole self to him. So for me and my walk with the Lord, my understanding of surrendering and being broke the was the Lord telling me to go to the threshing floor. And I would ask God often, like, why was the the threshing floor so important because when he asked me to go it it wasn't easy. It it was it was very it was very hard. It was very heavy. But when he asked me to go, he he ministered to me, you know, about um Ruth and Naomi and, you know, um um I know someone was speaking about um, Ruth uh, and Naomi a few weeks ago about their connection. And I said, like, you know, what, what do you do when you feel like you're pressed on every side? You know, you're tired and you're weary. You feel like you're losing the battle. And he just keeps saying, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep pressing, keep keep, keep meeting me in, in the secret place. And, you know, I learned that when you when you ask God for things, that like you you truly got to be ready for the experience. If you ask the Lord to break you, you, you truly need to be ready to to be broken. And that is something that I had asked God. I was like, Lord, like you know, I want to be broken for Your glory, because you know, I want to do Your will, and I want You to do the work in me, heal me from the inside out. And in that, He told me to go to the threshing floor, and you know, I had to go through the experience, but as he was uh, ministering to me about it, like the main point that he really had me focus on when he first ministered to me about going to the threshing floor was, um, you know, Naomi, when she had told Ruth to go to the threshing floor, she gave her, you know, specific instructions. She told her, you know, to wash herself up, get herself, you know, cleaned up, you know, put on put her gown, put her, you know, her, her, her cloth over her head, you know. She, she told her to look presentable, to go to the threshing floor, but don't go looking crazy, look like something. 
So, you know, she told her to go to the threshing floor and to sit at the feet of Boaz. And, you know, from our perspective, we read the story and we know that Boaz was already watching her. Like, he was already, you know, intrigued by her. And mom, to me, she was already being considered. She was already, you know, being given favor even in that even in that low space, even in that place of humility. So now I thought that what was that saying for us? And that was saying for me, like when he was telling me to go to the threshing floor, it was it was the same as her telling, you know, Ruth to go to the feet of Boaz. Like he said, When I'm telling you to go to the threshing floor, I'm telling you to go sit at the feet of Jesus. And when you go, you know, go go clean, go go clothed in righteousness, go in in purity because the Lord is already watching you. You're you're already being considered. He's already giving you favor and he wants to bring you know, you bring us out of that place of bondage, but we have to first lay down. We have to first surrender our will and our lives. We have to Lay our lives down on that that threshing floor, so some things can you know come off of us, so some things can be be broken off of us. And the threshing floor is brought up a lot throughout the text of you know people going to the threshing floor, using the threshing floor for different things. But the threshing floor is where you know they would take wheat to be broken and to be threshed. They would break it on the ground so that they could get you know, the good seed out of out of the wheat and they would just throw away the bad part. So as I said, what said for me was that when I was going to the threshing floor, like I was going to get broken. I was going so so the Lord could break some things off of me, to remove some things off of me because there was some, some good seed in me. Like, you know, I'm I'm good stock. And whatever he needed to do at the threshing floor, that it was for his glory, and that um, it was it was a lot of things that needed to be washed over me. And I learned that when the Lord was telling me to go to the threshing floor, you know, at first I was thinking because I was hearing the message, oh, you know, you know, proud about it, like, oh man, consider by the Lord, that He's telling me to do this and telling me to do that. But in reality. You know, I was being broken for his glory, not for my own sake, because it was some stuff that I, I had to get get out of me, like pride, you know, religiousness, anger, stubbornness. And, you know, yeah, it, it hurts to be exposed. It, it hurts for, you know, these things to be called out, because sometimes we don't even think we, we're dealing with these things until someone sees and says, you know what, mm, the Lord said, you need to come up, you need to come up off that. You need to let go of that pride. You need to release that hatefulness. You need to release that bitterness. Like you, you need to let it go. And like I said, it, it can hurt to be exposed, but that's why the Lord calls us into those secret places with him. That's why he calls us to the person for it. That's why he tells us to come and rest at his feet so he can have that one-on-one time with us so that he can do that work with us. But we have to surrender our will to him in order to really get free like we like we want to. Because when we go there, he's going to give us the instructions that we need to get through. He's going to keep us in the midst of whatever it is that we are trying to get free from so that we can truly walk upright with him and 
do what we need to do for ourselves and and for our families. But, you know, once we get free, it's, it's hard enough work getting free, but we also must have to sustain and, and keep our freedom um, once we have it. That brought me, you know, to the third thing that the Lord was speaking to me, and I asked him, like, what must I do to to keep my freedom? Like, what, like, what's the job? Like, what tools do I need? How do I need to move? Where do I, where do I need to be? Who do I need to surround um, my myself with? And this scripture had popped up to me. Um, Psalms 73 and 13, and it says, Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? And I was reading it, and I was like, Lord, how many times have I asked that? Like, is all this love doing for nothing? And am I giving up all these things for nothing? Am I going through all these Pessimist trials for, for nothing? Because I wasn't feeling free. I wasn't feeling like anything that I was doing was working. I, I truly, I truly didn't like even even now. Like I, I said before, I feel like I'm I'm going through you know the the test of my life, and oftentimes I can I feel free, but I still question whether. I'm doing the right thing to stay free. And um, I've been doing um, therapy sessions, and the therapist, she had asked me the other day, she was like, I know you're, she said, I know you're a spiritual person. And um, she said, I just wanted to ask you this question. She said, intrigued me a little bit. She was like, you know, do you ever feel like or, or have this feeling that once you've gotten free from something or you've broken free from something that somebody or there's a possibility that you could be persuaded to go back to the very thing that you got free from? I'm like, yeah, of, of course. Because, you know, we're human. I'm like, just like the, 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 the next person, I'll say, Oh, once I drop something, well, I'm not gonna do that no more. I I never do that again. Or I'm I'm not going back to to that situation. Or I'm not going back to that place. But I was like, you you never know where you're gonna be at different places in life, and you also don't know your level of vulnerability when you may be coming in contact with things that may tempt you or you know seek to draw you um, away from your your walk with Christ. But, I, you know, I told her, I was like, yeah, I, was like, I do believe that, but, I was like, but for me, what I'm learning, and it's a continuous journey to learn, is really how to stay in fellowship. And that's what the Lord was, was, was showing me, like, when it comes to sustaining my my freedom is to stay in relationship, not just in relationship with him, but in relationship with, you know, our brothers and sisters in the body as well. Because 
fellowship is necessary. We we want to think that we can we can do this walk alone, or that you know we could just make it as as lone soldiers out here. But we do need each other. We do need someone to lean on. And you know, I hear people say, "Oh, you know, iron sharpens iron," but then when we're put in situations to where we can sharpen each other or we can lean on each other and look to each other, you know, for for that help, for, you know, to to be lifted up, to be prayed for. We, sometimes we're shy away from doing it. We don't want to fellowship. We don't want to be around people. We don't want to be connected. I don't want to deal with that person today. I don't feel like that. I just, I'd just rather go at home by myself. I'd rather just sit and read the Bible by myself. I sit here and I listen to this worship music and worship by myself. I don't need to do it with nobody. But in reality, it's good. It's good for you to connect with someone, to find someone who you can go to the heavenly but someone who will pray with you, someone who will worship with you, someone who will cry with you. I mean, I believe that was that's the whole purpose of, of the Welling Daughters line is for us to have a place of, of vulnerability because our vulnerability is, is key. And when we come on here and we give words of encouragement and, we, and we're speaking, one thing that I always hear people say is, man, I'm so glad that, you know, you spoke about this today. I'm so glad that you, you spoke up because, you know, I thought I was alone. I thought I was going through this situation by by myself, but it's like when we don't speak up, we bind ourselves up and we bind those connected to us up. But it's when we release and we let we let go of those those hidden things and we speak with the Lord asks us to speak, you know, we find out that we're not alone. That we're not going through things by ourselves. And as I say, you know, I have been doing the therapy. And when I was talking to my therapist, at times I felt like I felt like she was there, but she wasn't there. Like I was just talking, just bearing my heart out, just talking, 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 talking. And, you know, and every couple of minutes she would say, yeah, I, I truly get what you're saying, you know. You know, I I really I really feel, you know, you know what you're saying and and what you're going through, and I and I'm sitting there like, <laughs> I'm like I don't really, I like, I don't really know what to say because it was my first time going. And I don't really know how therapy sessions work, but I'm like I felt like I was thinking it's gonna be more of like a back and forth like dialogue day, like not her sitting there and just listening to me just talking. So at the end of the session, she's like, well, you know, um, I don't know if you'd be comfortable with this or if you'd rather just do the one-on-ones, but she was like, you know, we have um, group sessions that you can you can come to that you can partake in if that's something you want to do. Because she was like, you know, I know it can feel kind of awkward where you're talking and nobody responds. I'm like, yeah, like, I guess you agree to my mind because that's definitely how I was feeling. So. I decided that I was going to do the um a group session and naturally going into it I wasn't all that excited because I was like, I don't 
want to talk to these people. I don't want to, you know, talk to these strangers. But I had the mind that I was going to go in and I was going to listen. I wasn't going to um, say anything. But once I got into the group, it's like the moment that I called in, um, there was a woman and she was just, she was giving her her testimony. She wasn't even when I say she literally called in and she was already crying. Like she barely even opened her mouth and she was crying. And when I saw her, she was talking and she was, you know, giving her story, talking about her family life and, and her situation and you know, the fact that she came in and she just felt so free and, and so comfortable to just you know, just bear herself out like that, to just really be that vulnerable in front of people that she didn't know, it really did something for me because, like I said, sometimes we'll find ourselves in situations where we want to talk, you know, we're carrying things, and we just want to release, and we just want to get free, but we feel like we're talking to people who can't relate or who don't really understand, and the words are just falling on deaf ears. But, you know, being in this group and seeing the, these ladies and that as they were talking, like, I could feel what they felt. I could feel that freedom. I could feel that that sense of safety of knowing that, you know, we may be different. We may come from different walks of life, but we do have something in common. We do have something that we can talk about that we, we're going through the same situation. And there may be something in your story that may not be in my story that can help me. There may be a way that you overcame your situation that could work that could work for me, that that could help me. But if we don't ever take those steps, if we don't ever put ourselves out there, how are we going to know? If we don't ever put ourselves in situations to fellowship, to be open, to be you know to be free to be vulnerable, how are we ever going to know that we're not alone or that someone else is going through the same thing that we're going through, that they could be the key to our freedom. They could be the key to, to you know, to us sustaining and keeping that that freedom. And as the Lord was ministering to me, I was like, it, it, make, it makes sense to me now, you know, why when someone, you know, may be going rehab or, you know, AA and different things like that, why why they have sponsors, why they have someone to call, someone to lean on because that person has been where they are or been, you know, been where they have been. And, no, they may not be living the greatest life. They, I'm sure they have weaknesses too. They have moments where their days aren't as great, and they may want to turn back too, but, you know, they have someone to pull them out. They have someone to talk to, someone that they can commune with to say, hey, don't do that. Hey, stay right where you are. Let's pray. Let's read this word. Let's, you know, let's let's go into worship. Let's, let's do something to bring you back to that place of peace so you don't find yourself back in in a, in a place of bondage and for me, and I can only speak for myself in situations, I could be on the outside looking in, asking and wondering why things are a certain way. Like I say, even with this situation, wondering why someone, why a person, a grown person, young person, whoever, why they would need someone to 
constantly be with them or to constantly, you know, be reminding them of what to do or how to do things, keeping them on track. But, you know, when you come into salvation, even if you're not in the world and you're not going through that, you definitely do come into an understanding of why you need somebody walking with you every step of the way, why we need the Holy Spirit walking with us every step of the way, because we never know when we're going to fall. We never know when, you know, when the enemy is going to creep in and distract us and deter us. We don't know. We don't know when we're going to need that help in hand. We don't know when we're going to need, you know, someone to encourage us. We don't know. But that's what the Lord was just ministering to me. Like, in order to, like I said, keep my freedom, I got to stay in the way of the Lord. I got to stay in the will of God. I'm saying my mind has to be on the things of Christ. I have to be surrendered to my Father, but I also have to be open to being connected to my source, but also to like-minded people in the body. I have to be willing. I have to be open. Like I said before, I look at freedom as as well as like once I have felt free and I feel free, like I said I feel free even now and then every day when I wake up, like that's the first thing that I think of is like, wow, like I feel so free, and I don't I don't ever want to come out of this moment of, of feeling freedom. I don't free. I don't want to ever feel uh, bound up. And even though I don't, I may not know, you know, what tomorrow is going to bring. I don't know what my situation may be looking like from from moment to moment. Like I'm still standing firm on the promises of God. I'm still believing, and I'm still trusting in the Lord to do what He said he, He's going to do. Because even though in my in my spirit and in my mind. I I feel free and I know that I'm free. In the natural, it seems it seems it looks like I'm locked in. It looks like you know I'm bound up and I I have no nowhere to go. That you know there are gates around around me that the, and the gates are locked and there's no way I can get out. But you know the Lord has already said that this is a season of of open doors, so there should be no blockages. There should not, there shouldn't be any doors chained up or or blocked up for me. So that is it real or isn't it isn't an illusion? The enemy wants me to think that I'm bound. He wants me to think that I can't move. That I'm that I'm I'm shut in because of what's going on on around me. But the Lord has already told me that I'm free. And I would say the same for each and every person. Uh, on this line, that that area in our lives where we're seeking to be free, and the Lord has already freed us from. But at times, the enemy wants us to think that we're still bound, that we're still controlled by this world, like that we're still controlled by our emotions, that we're you know we're still controlled by by money and and by things, but. We're not controlled by those things anymore. When we came to the Lord, we gave 
complete control to him. So when we feel locked up, when we feel bound up, we know who has the key. We know who has access to everything about us that can unlock those things for us, that who can remove those chains, who can remove, you know, that, that dead weight, who can remove those hindrances and blockages if we will allow him to. And he is calling us to a place of freedom, and he wants us to, to stay free. So, you know, I would encourage you, you all to reconnect back with your source so he can give you the tools that you need to stay free so that he can walk along with you on your journey to freedom. So he can give you the mind of Christ so he can show you how to surrender, how to get into that secret place, how to really get free with him. It's just like even if you don't say it, even if you try to hide it, he still sees it. He still hears it. Even when you're weeping and you're crying out and you're not even calling out to the Lord, he still sees it. He still sees your sorrow. He still sees your pain. He still sees your places of bondage. He's just waiting on us to ask him for help. He's just waiting on us to relinquish our control and give control back to him. And that's what, you know, he has been ministering to me. I pray that... um, that you really heard the Lord this morning and that um, you were encouraged. Amen.